0: So the first question we asked everybody when they come on the show, when you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? Damn,
1: first person. You know what? It was mellow, man. It was mellow. My rookie year. Denver Nuggets? Denver mellow. He went for like 30 or 40. Danny got hurt that game. Danny, mm-hmm. Danny had to sit out, so he didn't play. So I got all the minutes. And that was uh that was that was the real like Welcome to the league moment, right there was was Garden Mello ass. He gave me everything too. I let mid range in between bully ball, bully ball, and that's when he was at his finest of that bully ball. Like he, the New York years, he, you know what I mean. You could tell it was it was
2: starting to take a toll on him. That was prime time, Mello. Yo yo yo, we live on location, live from quarantine. We got PG thirteen in the land of angels. We got good weather ourselves. We in Orlando. Right next to me in the block, you know I got the blackest one. But we got my man PG-13 in the building, and we about to do this, man. Tune in. We appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Appreciate that y'all have yeah. it. Stay your ass at home in quarantine. Let's go. <laughs>
0: Palmdale High School. They
1: only got one high school in Palmdale? Nah, we got uh, we got about three or four. I went to Pete Knight High School in Palmdale. There is a Palmdale mm-hmm. High School, but I went to... to It was a new school. Uh, my senior year was the second graduating class. Okay. So we wow. was new up-and-coming school.
0: And you was you was like a late-bloomer in high school. Like, super came late. out of nowhere. Yeah,
1: super late. I didn't play AAU until really going into my senior season. My senior summer, that was, uh, that was really like the first time I got on the AAU circuit. I practiced a little bit, actually, with with Lamar Odom's I can team, my junior year. I remember then, when he had that team. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So it. I was, you know, I was working out and practicing with those guys my junior year. But then my senior year is where I really stepped onto the scene.
2: That was when he had like Greg and all them running that team, right? Yeah. Well, Rock, I
1: was with Rock and. Um, I forgot other, I forgot buddy name, but but I don't know if you're familiar with Rock.
2: Now I know who we was too. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So Rock and I forget the other dude, Lionel. I think Lionel. Oh yeah, L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them two was, they was really the dudes I was under. So coming out
0: when you had to choose like colleges and stuff, like you committed to Santa Clara. Yep. And you went to uh um, Pepperdine. I've been on their campus yeah. and they got a dope camp. Hey, we- <laughs> They got a dope kill. We went on their campus to do a photo shoot
1: and I was like, man, they, they stuff so stupid. Yeah, bro. so how the Santa Clara came about. So when I was playing AAU, I was playing pump and run. One of the assistants for the pump and run team was gonna be the video guy for Santa Clara. And um, I just became super tight with him. So, you know, it was like, hey, I'm gonna stick with you. So I, I verbal, you know what I mean? Soft verbal. <laughs> then, uh, you know, my sister went to Pepperdine, so I, I grew up on that campus. Right. From, like, 13 to 17, I grew up there. So I knew that campus, you know, hand in, hand out. So I went to actually my senior season, I went to my sister's Midnight Madness. And I'm seeing stars. I'm blown away. So I remember that, that night, they coaches was there. They gave me the offer on the spot. I'm in the wild moment. I'm like, I'm coming here, coach. I'm coming. Send me the, the letter. <laughs> <laughs> sent me the letter of intent. By that week, they sent me the letter of intent. I signed, I committed to Pepperdine. Coach ended up resigning, so I was able to get my letter of intent back. That's when I went to Fresno, but that's how that, that's how that moment played out for me. Mm. Yo, it's
2: crazy you say that, because when we when we went there, remember, d we had a camp there after our rookie year, we held a camp at Pepperdine. Then we had like a Jordan photo shoot and all this stuff. I remember it was yeah. like an overnight camp. We had our nephews come in town and stay there and stuff, but when we got there, we was like, how can they not get players? Like if they <laughs> get anybody, we were like, this is like saved by the bell. People board, the ocean. It was like, this place is word, crazy. Word.
1: And I'm saying, I grew up there. Like I, I used to be on that campus every summer, like just hanging, stand with my sister. I go work out there. So I was in love with the campus. So it was, it was easy. You know, it was easy once I
2: seen Midnight Madness, I'm coming coach, I'm coming. Get send it and I'm there. When you get the Fresno, What is that like when you coming from where you come from? Now you stepping out, you on your own, you just your first time away from the crib on college. And and what was that experience like for you? It
1: was cool to be honest. You know, I I grew up in Palmdale, so it's, it's a small city. Fresno was a bigger city, but it's still a smaller community. So I still felt like I was at home. My parents was three hour drive. They could get to me if they needed to. So that all of that was cool, but it still was like, all right, I'm I'm out of the house. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a right. I'm a man now. You feel me? I can make my own decisions. I can get a tattoo now. You feel <laughs> I me? Mean? It was uh it was it was basically, you know what I mean? It was basically coming into my own, you know what I mean? And and the decisions relied on me now, you feel me? So I took that to heart, like, you know, everything revolved around me at that point.
0: Fresno being a small school, you know, like the bigger schools, guys get the most hype. Mm-hmm. So I know like You really wanted to prove yourself Mm -hmm. at Fresno. Like, what was that like? Trying to like make sure you like, yeah, I'm just as good as Joe Blow from Duke or so and so from UNC or right.
1: Well, well, or in these big schools. So Fresno, you know, at the time they was coming off of restrictions. They was coming off of NCAA uh, penalties from the previous teams of guys not being eligible and. They had, you know, some dude did a shooting. So the school was under, you know, some, <laughs> some deep surveillance and uh, some deep sh- restrictions. So my draft class, when I signed and, you know, Boosters found out they was getting me, like, I felt I was like the savior. You know what I mean? I, I felt I had a lot of pressure because the school was starting to turn around. And this was one of their best recruiting class in the past, like, three, four years. So coming into the campus, I knew I had a lot of pressure. So that would like drove me to work hard. Like I wanted to, you know, uplift the school. Now we didn't really do much in my time there. We struggled, but I still felt like I had that weight to carry. And that's what used to drive me and made me want to work and made me want to get better and, you know, carry the school well.
2: So that was that was like a big motivation when I first got on campus. So how was it for you when you got to, you know, after your sophomore year, you balling out, what, at what point did you decide like, all right, I'm ready. It's time for me to take this next step. And you know what I'm saying? I I done done really what I can do here at college. It's time for me to go to the league. And did you know or did you expect to be that high of a pick? Or what was your thoughts surrounding that whole process for you? After my
1: sophomore year, I honestly, I wanted to stay because we didn't make the tournament my first two years there. And that was something I knew I was going to regret. Like, you know, that's the moment you want. You want to play in a tournament. So after my sophomore year, I had a real, like, Heart to heart with my moms and pops, and I'm like, now nah, I really want to stay. But they like, you know, we hearing this, we hearing that, and through that whole sophomore year, they've been meeting with agents, you know what I mean, here and there, coming, going. They've been hearing the talk, and I knew I could have, you know, made it to the league at that point. But I just didn't feel accomplished at that point to move on to the next level. So you know, it, it time passed, time passed. I started working out, training. Then I started to come down to L.A. and take it serious with my my pre-draft workout stuff. Then at that point, you know, I'm feeling good. So I'm, I'm like, you know, let's go all in. Let's do this. Let's, let's try for the draft. My name was doing well. I'm facing, you know, the big time players now. And growing up where I came from, I used to watch the ABCD camp. I used to watch the, you know, all the big time, you know, AU circuit stuff, you know, right. and they used to come out with the DVDs and the VHS stuff. So I knew a lot of these guys. I was familiar with a lot of their faces. And I used to be like, man, if I ever get a chance to see them face-to-face, I'm going to give them everything I got. And I started seeing them in these workouts. And I I was just – I was all over their ass at that point. I was on oh, them. You they ain't the know best me, best but you, I knew you, them. You know you, what I
2: mean? You literally got to actually go against some of the dudes. And they the clearly, they agents didn't know because they would have hit them. <laughs> you know how that go. Like, when we was coming through, it was like, yeah, you can't work out against this guy. You can't – they don't – they're right. not going to send them again. So, it was like, right. that's cool that you actually – Got to sneak up on them like y'all don't even know what's popping. I'm about to a Look right.
1: up. Yeah, yeah. I had my my draft. Yeah, I had 18 workouts. So I started like working me. out for you know what I mean. I, like I started me. working out for late second round or or mid second round. Then I started working out early second, late first. Then I moved into the mid 20s. Then the late teens. See so me and you like him right
2: here. Him yeah. right here to the to the box next to me. <laughs> He came in, had like two workouts and was going to dinner. He's, right, he's he can't relate, huh? Talking with people, having conversations. He ain't got no real... He, he, he was already the chosen one.
0: Yeah. I had more than two, man. <laughs> I had more than two. It wasn't many. It was like it was four. More than two. The callbacks. He had the callback. Yeah, no, say the same two people he worked I'm out for, but they had the callback. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you were getting drafted, did you think it, you was going to go anywhere else?
1: You know what? I thought... I thought a couple scenarios was going to play out. I had a really good workout for Minnesota and they had the fourth pick. They picked West, I think, Wesley Johnson. But I I thought I had a great workout with them. So I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking I can go fourth. Like, that's best case scenario. Then the Clippers had the eighth pick and I I thought I had a pretty good workout, that workout. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, eighth, fourth, eighth, I should be cool in that area. Like, then I had another another great workout in Indy at 10th. So I knew at that point, like, and what my agent was telling me, the latest I'll go was Indy, they almost was gonna promise that they was gonna get me at 10th. So I knew I knew I was in a good spot, regardless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
2: You just made me think about it. I think I saw you, was it um, Jimmy Kimmel or something back in the day, and he was asking yeah. you, you whether, you know, who you grew up while like You were saying you grew up watching the Clippers. Like, you were saying, like, was your favorite player. Right. But. You know, you enjoyed watching our Clippers team. Could you tell us like what age that was for you and when you started watching us?
1: When I started, I was probably like 12, 13. I was in that range when I like remember watching the Clippers teams. I was like 11, 12, 13 like in that area right there. That's when I first started with when y'all had, you know, you L. O., D Miles, Quentin Ross, what's uh the 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 Serbian dude uh you're talking about uh the Mar- uh Yari.
2: Marco Y'all, yeah, man. My y'all, friend. that was
1: you know, I, I just thought y'all was fun to watch. You feel me? I, I thought y'all was a fun team to watch. Y'all played hard, y'all had fun with it, and that's how I was brought up to play the game. Like, y'all, y'all, you played the game to have fun. You played, you know, what I mean, you play for your teammates, and I felt like that's how y'all played. And regardless of who scored, you could hit a three. D Miles was celebrating, you feel Everybody. me? Like, y'all, y'all
0: had fun, you feel me? Y'all had fun with the game, and, and I used to love that. This was a the year that you played the, the Miami Heat and you uh, went toe-to-toe with LeBron, you had a great series against the, arguably at the time the best player in the league. Like, was that the year that you, you feel like like you was there? Like, oh, no, nah, I'm amongst the best in the league. Did that, that, that solidify that year or was it before then?
1: Nah, it was it was that year. That was, I think, 2014, 2013-14 season. That was probably the toughest year for many reasons. Um. Because I felt like I played Bron. That was my second time matching up with Bron. And I felt like that time was I was there. Like, that next season, I was going to be ready to go at Bron. For real, for real. After everything I learned, after the wounds, I felt like I was I was ready. You know what I mean? I was young then. But I felt like I was starting to come into my own and starting to learn, like, how to really be the player I want to be. But then, you know what I mean? That summer, that's when I got hurt. Right and I just really that 2013 14 year like it just haunts me going into that that 14 15 year because of that injury and because of where I was at and felt I could have got to because I mean you know realistically I was never the same after that
0: let me ask you this from your injury did that make your jumper so much better <laughs> that shit did that shit did because Cause you just were doing numbers shooting nothing but shooting, shooting. Like, I was in right. a
1: chair. I was in a the chair They when they was starting camp. They used to put a chair, you know, on the little side courts and put a chair right there. And I have, you know, my, my leg brace on and I just yeah. be sitting, form shooting, form shooting. Yeah. The whole practice, working on my handle. I thought my handle got tighter because all
0: I could do was just sit, dribble, sit and shoot. It looks so effortless now, like seeing your jumper before and then seeing it after the injury is like... Yo, pull up. You already had a, you already got a smooth, effortless type game, mm. but now your jumper be like, i was like, damn, he pulling up for deep, but it just seems <laughs> so soft. Yeah, going on. and That's why I was like, man, he probably shot so much, it's warm. You better don't need too much legs. Sometimes you come off your move, and you don't got too much legs, and you. Your form is just, right. during this still I was like, damn, At this injury, he must have worked on that so much.
1: Yeah, that that did help because my trainer, Mike Pemberthy at the time, when I was going through all of that, I would work with him sometimes. And uh, he would have a shooting with heavy balls. And we would shoot with, like, three-pound heavy balls from, like, three, from mm-hmm. 35 feet, you know what I mean? So shooting that heavy ball, you got to use your legs to get that shot up. So it just became natural when I had a regular ball. That it was just from here, you know what I mean? Just here, (laughs) like, and and yeah, it's. He used to tell me, "You get the ball right here, it's nothing nobody can do." You know what I mean? The ball's right here. I'm taller than most of the guys that guard me, so once the ball's right here, it's it's nothing they can do about that. You just gotta free your hands up.
0: You don't even see them no more. I don't even see them no more.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I want to know, like, what was your, like, take me inside your thought process in your mind. Like, everybody didn't know what to think. Is he going to be back? Right. You're going to be able to hoop again in the seat? You had to return to form, all star and all that. What was your mindset for any kids or anybody out there that's like going through injuries? You probably want to know, how did PG, you know what I'm saying, overcome what you did? Like, what was your, how did you set out to attack this injury and in rehab? I ain't going to lie. It was, it was a roller
1: coaster because immediately when it happened, I was like, I was motivated, you know what I mean? That's the only thing, that's the only place my mind could have went was, all right, I got to get back. Like, I got a team to get back to. I got a career to get back to. We at our primes right now. I had Roy at his prime, G. Hill at his prime, D. West at the tail end of his prime, but he was still, you know, a big-time player. Lance in his prime, like, I, I had a team to get back to. So immediately when the injury happened, I was motivated. And then once I started going through it, the works just started to get tedious. Like I was doing the same thing every day. Like it just became like boring, you know what I mean? And then I would have ups and downs. Like some days I'll feel real good. And then some days it'll hurt so bad it it felt like I just did it. You know what I mean? So I remember some days I just be like, man, let's like, let's leave it alone. Let's let it heal. Like let this joint heal and we'll get back to the rehab when we can, you know? (laughs) But I was thankful, and luckily enough, I had the people behind me that was pushing me. Otherwise, like, I I don't know how it overcame, you know what I mean, getting myself prepared and ready that next season to get back on that floor. That shit was hard, though. I ain't gonna lie, it was one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. I can't even imagine, bro.
0: I'm glad you are back in you and where form, man, cuz you look like you look like you got better. Like IQ wise and, and knowing the game more, knowing how to play the game more. <laughs> Your IQ and the way you play now look totally different than what it was before. Yeah, I mean that that
1: should do it to you when you sideline a whole season and you just get to watch and nitpick players you looked up to, players that's God. Like I I just was able to nitpick everything. Nitpick guys that I I looked up watching guys I enjoy matching up with guys that I know that's gonna guard me. Like, I just had a full season to just sit back
2: and just watch them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just mentally prepare for the for when my time was coming. Tell me about when it came time for you to make the move from Indy to OKC, and how did all of that from your lens transpire and go down? That was, uh,
1: this is what people wanna know right here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, it was just a bunch of events that played out. Like, I always wanted to come home and play in L.A., but when I was in Indy, my goal was to win one there, and I didn't—I never wanted to leave Indy. Like, regardless of what I said, once everything rolled out, at that point, it was like, man, I want to get to L.A. Like, fuck everything going on. I want to get to L.A. But when I first got to Indy, I wanted to stay there. Like, I grew up on Kobe, so Kobe stayed in L.A. That was where his home was. That's how I felt. Guys should look at it. Right. So after things start to play out, I watched Danny get hurt. Danny struggling, and they just ship Danny off, knowing Danny was was at a at a critical point in his career where he needed Indy, like he needed to be with people he knew to get back healthy. And I saw them just ship him away. So that that kind of played a, a part on me. Then I remember, like one morning, I wake up and I see G Hills traded, and I ain't. I don't, like front office people, like the front office stuff, I'm not that dude that like, I gotta be in decisions. I gotta be like, if y'all gonna do something, just let me know. Like, I'm cool with anything. That's not my position to be like, you know, in the front office combo. Making just let sick. me know, that's all I ask. <laughs> just let me know. So when I see G Hill got traded that morning, I'm I'm hot about it. Like I call my agent, like, yo, they gonna do this and not tell me like, what is they on? So that that happened. Then um, I'm hearing my name is in trade rumors. My, my name is in Trade Talks. And this is this is my last year there, that all-star year. My name is in Trade Talks. So I, I had my agent in the front office, I had them go and meet me in, I think it was New Orleans that that All-Star weekend. So we could sit down and we could talk. Like if, if I'm being traded, let's let's talk about this. Like the president and the GM meet me in uh, which is Larry and uh Herb Simon, they meet me in New Orleans. To talk about my name being in the trade deadlines and Kevin Pritchard. And um uh, they like, nah, we would never trade you. You're not movable, like you this, you that, you are a star, you are future. So I'm like, all right, cool, cool. Like, I this is where I want to be. So that's fine. Then, you know, trade deadline is before All-Star Weekend is over with. Right. So after All-Star Weekend, I'm feeling good. I had this combo with him. Then again, I hear my name in the trade talks again. My agent come to me like, yo these teams are are inquiring for you and the Pacers are talking like they're they're just, you know, hearing other teams out. So I'm like, we just had this convo and they still looking to make trades. So that didn't sit well with me, but I know it's a business at the same time. I'm not naive to after that convo. Now all of that goes on. After that year is over with, you know, I I came out publicly like this is I want to be here. I want to be here like this is where I want to be. So now it's that summer and I do this baseball softball league uh, or softball charity game every year, every summer in Indiana. So I go back to Indy. I do the softball game. They ask me again, like, what do you want to do? You want to be here? I'm like, yeah, I want to be here. This is where I want to be. So I had a phone call with them that night. And mind you, mind you, while I'm there, you know how it goes. Cash like, yo, I want P. I want to play with you. D miles. I, I would love to come, come here and play with y'all. Like I ain't going to say the names because I'm going to keep they business private. I'm going to just say it like this. I had at the time the best power forward saying he wanted to come to Indy and team up with me. They like, we a mid-major. We are a small market. Like, we can't do it. We a small market. We can't afford that. I'm like, the best power forward wants to come play here. Like, y'all can't make that work. They didn't want to do it. So I'm wow. like, now I'm pissed because it's like, what what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Like. They don't want to win. I got the best power forward that want to come play here. Like, not everybody choose Indy to come play at. This, this dude wanted to come play here. They didn't want to do it. So fast forward back to after that softball charity game, they call me up. They like, hey, and again, I'm going to leave the names out. But now this person that they talking about is maybe top 20 power forwards, top 25 power forwards. They put him up like, hey, do you how do you feel about this person? This other person that they was going to sign in free agency was a dude coming off injury. So I didn't feel comfortable about that. After that phone call, I'm like, they don't get it. I called my agent like, man, get me up out of here. They don't want to win. So that's how everything kind of transpired to sum the whole thing up. That's basically how that whole thing went about. And I got up out of Indiana.
0: What did you initially think about when you got traded with Melo and West? You finna go over there with Westbrook?
1: I felt good. I I was, like, thrilled about it. Like, all alone, that's that's what I wanted. I, I wanted another dog. I was with Lance, and Lance was a dog. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. Like, I feed off of, you know what I mean, that kind of energy and, and that type of player. Like, I was excited to play with Russ. And then I get yeah. Melo at the same time, like... We just, I felt we didn't have enough time together, but I felt good about that trio.
0: Yeah, I believed in that that combo too. I liked it, y'all, especially, you know, and West. Yeah, I felt like that was just, like you said, like a crazy year
2: where everything was kind of out of whack, and then, you know, we all know how that unraveled. But for you, how has it been so far being back home in LA and, you know what I'm saying, y'all, y'all got the team, y'all got y'all doing what y'all been doing, but how has that been for you? Uh, it's been
1: great, man. It's It's been great. I feel like everything aligned at the right time. You know, year 10 for me, I'm playing with a Hall of Fame coach. I'm playing with a Hall of Fame player, Uh, multiple of them, man. You can have a case for Luke, you know, being a Hall of Fame player, too, with his career. So um, I just feel like everything lined up. I'm back at home. It's easy on my mom, my parents. Like, I just feel like everything was positioned where it was supposed to be for year 10 for me.
0: And what about, like, the movement? You know, everybody... In L.A., it's like the the Lakers winning the championships and they compete for the championships. But, like, you starting off history. This is the first time we have a dominant squad for the Clippers. And, like, you represent another crowd in L.A. You
1: know what I mean? It's it's cool. It's L.A., so you already know this is Laker town regardless. Just being out, man, I remember first getting here. I went to Universal's for horror nights. And all I'm here, like, if I was that type of dude, bro, I probably would have threw hands with about five people that night, just cause they like Laker this, Laker that, Clippers weak. Like this Lakers town. It, I mean, it is what it is. It, it's we our play is gone. You know, what I mean, we we know the sixteen to no championship. Like we we know the history behind it, so that's fine. Our play is what's gonna do the most talking. I think it's just cool to be from here and, and to be able to see two good LA teams. Like, I think the city needed that. I think, you know what I mean? Cali needed that. So. You know, especially when the Warriors get back on their feet. Like, I, I think California needed that, and, and and we delivering that. It sucks that we had a pause right now because of COVID, but I think it's just good for the city, man, to have two really good L.A. teams.
2: You bringing up the COVID thing, I've seen something I don't think I've seen from from anybody else. Like, with y'all owner Balmer, is it true that he sent everybody a full weight room and everybody a hoop to their home? That is facts. That's all and tell facts. Me, and tell me how is it to be playing for him uh, only with that much excitement and support for the team. And we know he got the big pipes. Right. But the more important thing is really about how he, you know, we've been there. They brought us back for the first time since that regime has come in. And, and just to see how his energy is toward the guys and the team and raising the Clippers as a as an entity of their own, like, for us to have been there during the time before we even had a practice facility, practicing at Southwest College, Junior right. College, you know what I'm saying? Like, where it is now and where y'all headed with the arenas and just how he pours into y'all, like, that makes us feel good for y'all. So how was that for y'all to be able to experience that on that type of a level? Cause he going all yeah. out.
1: You know what, it's honestly, it's dope, man, because it's not a show. It's not like an attention seeking, like, that's him. You know what I mean? He 100% energy, and it's about the culture that he wants to build here. Like, he tell us multiple times, whatever it is that we need, whatever's not in the locker room that y'all want, come to me. Like, at the end of the day, I want this to be the destination for every player to want to come to. I want to build a history here. I think he understood the owner that was here before him, and he wants to separate himself from him. It's been a blessing. Like, after games, man – He'll send us a text, you know, good job, you guys hung in there, y'all fought hard. Whatever the case may be for that particular game, like, he's always a part of us, you know what I mean? After games, he waits in the hallway. When we finish our games, he high-fiving, like, we feel like he's a part of us. Like, he's not the owner, he's a part of this team. And so it's a real joy to go out and want to play for him. You know what I mean. Want to do well for him. Want to bring a championship to him because of everything that he's done for us and how much he's involved and how much genuineness it is from him. And that shit is all factuals, man. I, I do got about five thousand worth of equipment that he sent.
0: I got hundreds of pair of Jordans. I got two pair of Kobe's, and I just purchased me two pair of PGs. Like, I got two pair of the and them like the most comfortable shoes yeah, that appreciate I, it. I got. Appreciate like, it. I rock them every day. I had an all white pair of them on, so dirty, wear <laughs> them so much. But how does it feel to like have a shoe in your name and like have a dope shoe, like a comfortable shoe that like folks want to rock? Yeah. To be honest, bro, it's, it's a humbling
1: thing every day. Like, it still gets me like taking a box out and putting a pair on, like that never gets old. Mm-hmm just because of, you know, where my story started. Like, it just always is crazy and surreal. But when the process came of putting a shoe together, like, I played in, you know, obviously a bunch of different shoes. And I wanted a shoe that, like, dudes felt great in. Felt good performance-wise, yeah. felt good. If they just wanted to pop them on and walk around in, like, I just wanted a shoe that was going to feel great at all times. And that was, really? like, really the, the first starter of – my base was comfort and cushion. Really, that's all that's all I wanted out of the shoe was comfort and, and I wear a
0: size eighteen and I got the ones with the, the zipper cover. The through. fours, okay, the zip. Oh man, I'm <laughs> talking about they loving me out here. So yeah. you know, I wanted to represent the clippers <laughs> and <laughs> the player clipper. Hey, you got me looking nice out here. My so dog, I, I got you.
1: Whatever you need to re up, let me know.
0: <laughs> I got you. I appreciate Hey,
2: this is what I wanted to add. Like we spoke on like the quarantine and everything is going on, and clearly that's why we here instead of pulling up. Mm-hmm. But for you, you, you know, you was going through little knickknack knack injuries and stuff like that. How has this been for you? Have you had the chance to like get your body right and, and do some do some strengthening up on your injuries? And if everything was a start back, how do you think your body would be feeling the rest of the way? Yeah, this was uh this
1: little pause, man. I needed this because I feel like the whole year I was playing catch up. I was just trying to catch up with the team. It took like, when I did build myself up to be able to start playing, it was something else that went down. And, and when I got that back healthy, something else went out. It was just tough cause I couldn't do nothing this whole summer. I, I literally took four months, five months off of, of just anything, any basketball movement or activity because I couldn't lift my shoulders up. I couldn't do nothing. So I, I really lost a lot of like just getting my body going. So building it up and then going through the season was a toll on me cause you know, you can't replicate that type of movement you can't replicate that kind of conditioning so that that really affected me but then this little pause right now has been perfect I feel amazing right now my shoulders literally like two three weeks ago finally like loosened all the way up to where I don't really got to do shoulder rehab no more I was still doing shoulder rehab all the way up until about three weeks ago and this was almost a full year since I had them done you feel me it's just been a process, and, and my body just feels great right now. It's responding well. I've been lifting
2: and working out every day, staying ready, but I, I needed this little break. Straight up, You do something different than a lot of people. Like, you talked about your softball, baseball, charity game, but you you have a huge fishing charity event. How did you mm-hmm. – tell me about how you got into that, and what does that do for you? Because it's not something that you see a lot of people doing in their off-time and stuff like that, or at least having charity events of it. Right. Uh so fishing. I got into fishing
1: because of my pops. My parents is from the south. My dad from Houston. My mom from Louisiana. So I grew up here in Cali, but I grew up like a country kid, mm-hmm. camping, fishing, hunting. Like that was me <laughs> growing up as a kid. So it just, you know, that was that was really how my dad and I spent a lot of time bonding, was just being outdoors. Then I just got a real love for it, a real passion for it my dad whole side, like everybody fishes. My uncles, my aunt, my cousins, like everybody fish on that side and on my mom's side as well. So it just became a part of me. And then I saw like, you know what I mean? CP got his bowling event and other players got little events that they do. Nobody's done it fishing. And I wanted to really like bring that together with having celebrities come out, being on the water. It's it's a cool, chill day. Like you get to be be on the water, you get to fish, have a couple cold ones, you know. What I mean, it, it's just a chill, cool environment to be around when you when you're fishing. And it's a cool getaway for me. I'm not thinking about nothing. All you thinking about is a bite and, and trying to feel for for a fish on the hook. So it's 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 just a cool getaway for me. It's a cool outlet
0: for me. How do you feel to be a part of like this era? You have so many kids from California, like the top players, like you, Westbrook, Kawhi, James Harden. It's like a lot of California kids, a lot of kids who came up through the circuit mm-hmm. with you that you kind of familiar with their face from young all the way to now. Mm-hmm. Like, how does it feel to be like a part of that group of guys who represent California and seeing kids in California, now that you're in California, to see like, oh, man, these guys came from here. Right. I think, you know what I mean? I think Kobe
1: played a big part in that. Y'all played a big part in that. BD played a big part in that. We was fortunate to grow up in California and have great role models and leaders in front of us that we could watch on a daily basis. So I think a lot of that movement came from what was going on in Cali. It's just so many dudes out there from you know dudes that ain't you know in the league right now. Like B jennings was a monster. D right, Trevor Reese. D right, yeah. T Tre. Yeah man, we we just, you know, it was just a culture because of what we were seeing every day. And and that really just I think what just birthed a whole new you know from myself damar rush james um Clay. Yeah. um you know it, it's just so much good hoops here that you know I, I think y'all had a part in that and even like gil and, and nick young like it was just so many hoopers that we was able to see that yeah. kind of birthed it, that next generation
0: who you grew up watching like to pattern your game after because like i see a whole lot of like T Mac, T Mac, like, yeah, T Mac yeah, yeah. was, was like really yeah. right not because his his used to be so effortless and he'd be like, man, this man this tall. He do everything. He dunk right, two threes, put up. He do everything right.
1: T Mac was my number one. Kobe and Kobe was my number one, but I felt like I related to T Mac the most because I was a tall, lanky kid. I was playing the point all the way through my years growing up, and I was always like a foot taller than every kid growing up. So I feel like I related to T-Mac the most. I was big on Penny, big Penny fan, a big AI fan. And Josh Howard, I would say those five was like the guys that I thought my game was most like. Josh Howard. Josh Josh Howard was a sleeper for me. He was nice.
0: Real talk. Yeah, he He was was nice for me. Yeah, I I messed with Josh Howard. If you had to pick four other players that you played with in your career to start a team, Who's the four players that you'll pick? Four
1: players
0: that I played with? Mm. Man. All
1: right. Russ for show at the one. I'll go me at the two. Kwai at the three. I could go Mel or D West at the four and, and Big Roy at the five. Big Roy Hilbert. Oh, Big Roy Hilbert.
0: Yeah. You gotta go Big Roy <laughs> at the five that one. Straight up. up. Deadly, though. Who, when you coming up, who was the walking bucket? Who was you saying, you was like, man, that's how I see him, he getting buckets.
1: You know what, I played AAU with, uh. people don't know this, bro, like, the best high school dude I played was uh Drew. I played with Drew on my AAU team. When I first got into the AAU, I was I was on a pump and run with Drew, and he was by far the best player I've seen, bro. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He right-handed, but he went left yeah. even more than he do now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. some games he'll shoot left-handed. Like, he was just a beast in, in high school. He was the best player I've seen when at that age, like, there was nobody next to him. And then i say Lance. Like, as far as pure bucket, Lance was a pure bucket, like, Lance to make him dance. Right? Man, bro, his game was like, he pushed me when we got to Indy. Like, he pushed me. Like, I ain't, I ain't never seen somebody that skilled and had that many tricks in their bag that Lance. Mm, and big boy, too.
2: And a big body. Big body. <laughs> Do you remember the first body you caught? Like, the first person you kaboom down in the league? My first body? Who was my first body? it that would be hard to remember that sometimes. D like to make fun it of me. Be hard, yeah, my first yeah, person, Mookie
0: Blaylock, and his was Jermaine O'Neal. He hey Jermaine bro, O'Neal. Why the fuck is you keep on saying Mookie Blaylock? That's not, <laughs> stop telling people that. He ain't really punching. Well, the Was well, the next person you dunk on a seven-footer? Cause you said Mookie, that's like huh? the weakest one. <laughs> <laughs> you can dunk <laughs> on. Person. That's like, like saying said, like, said like, on a well, Yeah. You yeah. Know, right? <laughs> nah, I
1: ain't gonna lie, I think my first one was like Randy Floyd. Randy Ford. Yeah, I think my first one was Randy. I think I'm trying
2: to talk about you. No, no, yeah, I I I, I can't
1: I ain't gonna I ain't gonna be, you know what I mean, proud about it, but I think the first like actual body was Randy No nah, your
0: first one Randy Ford tells me it was Birdman. <laughs> Birdman, my first yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, after you dumped on Birdman, I know like oh. no, nah, not after you dunked, when you got home. <laughs> when you got home or back to the hotel from the game, you know they showing this shit everywhere everywhere like, how did, like you see you probably see this every day if you look at social media they they probably see <laughs> I, still, yeah,
1: I still see that shit everywhere <laughs> I still see it I'm still getting tagged in that shit there's still people making pictures <laughs> and drawings of that shit <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god you like, know what in real time I ain't really know what happened after <laughs> I after I hit braun with the hezzy the shit just I don't know shit oh, just gosh. happened like <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Has he one bounce? Then you know you howling, and I and all I'm doing is, is just wolf smoke, showing my chest. <laughs> I don't know how and what happened. It that shit just happened, bro. To be honest, that shit just happened. It
0: was
2: nasty. Man. Yeah, all right, and hey, man, we rooting for you,
0: man. Like man, definitely think y'all gonna win a championship. If I had y'all this year winning a championship. We gonna see, but I definitely think y'all gonna win the championship in these next couple of years, man. Yes, I'm sir. definitely rooting for y'all. Appreciate. Well, it. we rooting for y'all. what? Yes, How hype has the last dance got you since you can't hoop? It's a curse, man. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I watch an episode and I'm I'm like check up, check ball, like
0: <laughs> ready to go, check
1: ball, and then you can't do shit. So it, it's, it's <laughs> <a curse. laughs> <laughs> go get on, go it's cool get in the park. <laughs> For real, like I grew up while Mike was playing, but I didn't really get to like see Mike, you know what I mean? So it was cool to watch this and be able to just watch him and see who he was at his peak. Cause I, as much as I remember of Mike was like his Wizards days. I don't really know Mike like that with his Bulls days. So this was, this was honestly cool just to see how he approached the game how he got up for games, like, it's just awesome and it was dope to see, like, him and Kobe splitting images. Like, his interviews and his mindset was the same how I grew up watching Kobe's mindset. Right. So it's it's dope. It's dope to see, like, really it was a reincarnation of Mike
2: watching Kobe. Straight up. Straight up. Closest thing we're going to see to it. Facts. Straight up. When you first got that bread. Yep. When you first got that bag. <laughs> what, what, what? And I ain't talking about the little, you know, what you tell them. I want, we all done did it. We all done did something that we ain't that proud right. of. With some bread in, but it felt awesome in that moment. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Moment of what? You got the bag and then you did something. You was like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm getting this. or what was it?
1: Uh, you know what? I got a, uh, the Escalade trucks was hitting back then, like 2010, the Escalade trucks was was the shit then. So I got the truck version, you know, the Escalade EXTs, I think okay, they had yeah, the, yeah, yeah. in the back. I got that lifted, I got, I think, 26s on it, just dumb big, got it matte blacked out, the rims was was uh painted black, I had the silver accessories all on it, the shit was looking stupid, blacked the grill out, Man, I thought I was big boy. That was uh, <laughs> that was my big purchase. That was the very first purchase I made. And then obviously I got my parents a crib right shortly after that. I think that next coming year. Uh, but yeah, that, that Escalade truck, man. I was I wasn't in the jewelry and shit like that then.
2: Ain't it amazing um, how we would take that, that, that take that one truck and try and do a million things to it though? <laughs> we paid for the, the truck and
0: put a whole thirty into <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, and trust me, I had it all planned. I was about to get the TVs in that junk. <laughs> I was I was about to get the sound in it. The whole it's thing. Right, let right. let so me let me, let me show you
2: our age a little bit, right? I'm gonna show you our age. This how old yeah. Andy Miles are, right? When we first got our joint, we get the twin Escalades. He got the black one, I got the white one. He got gold hunnings both day, and I got chrome <laughs> both day. But this is yeah. where we show our age at. Y'all talking about video games. I think we had
0: a Dreamcast in ours. Oz- dream? <laughs> in the world, though. We had dream That's crazy. I had 612s in my job. Yeah. <laughs> I had 612. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, niggas are fooling with the stock. You're good.
2: You good.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's, crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. The Dreamcast, man. That's what, 2000? Yeah. Man. I'm telling, you. I'm telling you. That's a good time, man. That was a good time.
2: So that's a wrap, man. We got my main man PG13. We appreciate you for coming through and vibing with us, man. We are at home. He is out there in Cali. We are in Orlando. This has been dope. We appreciate you, man. We future yeah. Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we wish you good luck if and when this season continues, bro. For sure. Can can I get a? Can
1: can I do one time with y'all? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my guys. <God. laughs>
0: theplayerstribute.com